Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. Welcome back to Anxiety Slayer and our Slayer session. Today we have a special, fairly left-of-center guest who describes himself as being an odd combination of Nick Cave, Billy Connolly, and Deepak Chopra. He plays rough, dark rock music laced with earthy, liberated humor, while also inspiring people with his own brand of philosophy he calls Rebel Zen. Seamus Anthony is a musician and writer from Australia who has found the resilience and perspective that has enabled him to persist and really enjoy being a creative worker through meditation. After an amazing time of it as a young man, riding high on early local success in his 1990s band, Reckoning, he soon fell to earth with a crash and battled for many years with anxiety, depression, and substance issues. However, through more than one challenge, Seamus has continued on by using meditation and universal perspective to rise to the challenges of life and have an awesome time keeping on. He's written many articles professionally for New Age and personal development publications and runs a great blog called rebelzen.com. Welcome, Seamus. It's so lovely to have you here today. G'day. How are you? Mm, excellent. I have Fantastic. so many questions for you today, and we will uh, fit in as many as we possibly can in the next half hour love to start by asking you to fill our listeners in a little bit about your history as a musician and how that led you to experience issues with anxiety and substance use. All right. So um, as a teenager, you know, I had the, the usual uh, rock star escapist fantasies. The only difference being, I suppose, that as I took this you know, to the streets once I'd left school and uh, actually formed a band in my hometown of Adelaide, which is a, a city in Australia with about one million people in it. We worked really hard and before you know it, we were filling big rooms full of 500, 1,000, 3,000 people and, and uh, we were on the covers of all the, the local newspapers and magazines and, and whatnot and everything was going rather swimmingly. It was a, a rock star fantasy come true. But of course, eventually, after a few years, things started to kind of unwind and the free drugs and alcohol and all that fun stuff that uh, comes with the package was starting to kind of bend my mind a bit. And, and then in my early mid-20s, I sort of fell to earth with a giant crash and found myself you know, choosing to pretty much stay uh, at home in my um, dingy little bedroom with my records and CDs spread everywhere and my guitar and, and uh, smoking far too much pot and being far too depressed about everything and, and then going out and compensating for that by getting pissed, if you excuse my French, and staying out all night and, uh, you know, then waking up in the morning feeling blue as a blue thing again and eventually I came to realize that I just wasn't all right in the head you know like it, it was it was mainly sort of self-inflicted I think but um that was the first sort of experience I had with a kind of anxiety depression thing and that led me to experiment with meditation and what these days I've come to call a sort of universal perspective 
um, or a sort of, you know, philosophy, uh, which helped me to cope. And indeed, it really did make things a lot better. And over the years since then, as other instances of anxiety and depression have bubbled up again into my life, I don't want to paint the picture that I'm always anxious or depressed, but it just seems to have been something that sort of comes back all of a sudden. And when, it, when it's come back, it's uh, been really good to have these tools to help me to uh, get back on the good foot. Oh, yeah. No, no question about it. Now, did you study meditation at a particular school or with a teacher? I didn't really, certainly not to start with. Um, I've, I've never been a joiner, you know, like, and I think this is okay. I think it's cool if, if you don't want to go and join a workshop, if it's not your kind of thing. I mean, I just felt intimidated by that sort of intimacy back then, certainly. Sure. And uh, so I, being an, a sort of avid reader and and, um, and at heart a bit of an introvert, I just kind of locked myself away in my room and uh, rather than sort of blow my brains out with nefarious substances, instead I started reading books about meditation, starting with sort of sort of fairly obvious kind of popular stuff like Deepak Shopper and, and stuff like that and then moving through to, you know, whatever obscure Taoist texts I could get into mm-hmm. and just actually actually practicing meditation by myself on a cushion and I would do it like all night. I would just sit there and go, I'm not moving from this cushion until something good happens, you know, and sometimes it would take a really, really long time. <laughs> uh, clearly I had time to, to kill. <laughs> right, right. Um, but uh, I think that actually that was a good way to go about it because it sort of it sort of got me through that thing that I noticed that beginners often have with meditation where it's just fidgety and itchy and boring and and then the 45-minute lesson is up and they kind of think, well, I don't know, nothing much right. really happened. You know, maybe a massage would be better. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> These days I, I can sit down and, and kind of kind of break on through to the other side mm. and get the benefits in a much shorter period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eventually I did actually go to a fair few classes and I studied with a, a Qigong master over here in Melbourne for a few years. But I've never really been into the guru thing. And in fact, you know, I kind of prefer the guru within. Right. So do Mm. I. I agree with you there. Mm. Listening to you, I'm sitting here just nodding my head. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. And and there's there's so much great information for us to... We're not wanting for, uh, for information these days, that's for sure. Well, we aren't. And there's something for everyone. There really is. So for people who like to join in... There's all kinds of, of groups that they can get involved with. And um, for people who don't, um, we, can, we can go deep within ourselves. And the more I do that, the, the better I come out the other side. And certainly there are some amazing teachers um, who are, are willing to share. And thankfully they're writing books and podcasts and doing all the things that they do so that um, we can bring in that new material and see what we like and get rid of what we don't. Yeah, that's right. So, so I guess you know, I guess the the takeaway there is that if you feel kind of intimidated about going to a class, then then you know you don't have to do that straight away. If that's not what you feel comfortable with, you can work up to that, or indeed it may just never be something that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I did feel the need to do it, and and it was great because there is a fantastic energy in a room when you have you know ten or fifteen people all getting in the zone. You know? Oh yeah, there there is my first experience with that was years ago at a silent retreat. 
So that to me felt like a good way to join in on something because I didn't have to talk to anyone. <laughs> yeah. But I could share the space with them. And after the weekend was through, mm -hmm. I felt like I knew so many of the women that were involved in this weekend and we hadn't said a word to, to one another. I'd be prepared to suggest that, you know, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of into some fairly out there ideas and I'm, I'm, I'm open to fairly out there ideas and new age stuff and whatnot. And, and uh, I'd be prepared to suggest that if you're going to sit in a room meditating silently with uh, a bunch of people for a whole weekend, that psychically you're going to make connections, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. it's just kind of, it's just kind of in our nature to reach out, even if we're not talking. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a powerful experience and uh, led me to many more powerful experiences. Uh, but this isn't about me. It's about you. And I would love for you to tell me and our listeners about Rebel Zen and how it came about and what the core philosophy is behind this blog that you've been running for so long. All right. So, um, yeah, I started the Rebels in blog with a friend and uh, he no longer does it with me, but um, we're still friends. And um, we were talking about these ideas about how um, when you're reading a lot of helpful books um, sort of put forth by the professional guru, often you can feel quite intimidated by their level of development, you know, so um, uh, maybe they've, for example, learned to deal with their anxiety by controlling um, their lifestyle choices um, and by, you know, diet and meditation and whatnot. And and um, maybe they're quite strict and you're just sitting there going, oh, man, but, you know, I, I feel like that on, on a Monday or a Tuesday. But then come the weekend, you know, I like to party, you know. And, and, mm -hmm. uh, and, yes, and we were just talking about, hey, just like that Leonard Cohen quote that we were talking about before the, the recording, you know, it's okay not to to have a perfect offering. You don't have to be a perfect being. And in fact, there's two sides to all of us. There's the sort of yin and yang thing where you've got the the rebel who um, you know just wants to kind of you know he wants to eat cake and you know stay up too late and and all that sort of stuff. And then and then there's the Zen side of us that really desires to be healthy and to to meditate or to exercise in order to to make ourselves feel better and to calm our nerves and to deal with life better so i guess the rebel zen message has always been that you don't have to be pure to be spiritual uh, you can meditate even though you like to party so there's nothing wrong with you how you are i mean you're doing the best that you can and uh and, and that's just that's just kind of what the the core message was that we began the blog with and I've continued it on through sort of various levels of commitment and it's coming up again now which is cool. Yeah it is cool I'm, I'm glad that it is for sure. Now far from playing it straight you freely admit to some pretty way out experiences and ideas and uh, I, I believe you even have an odd alien encounter is that correct? Yeah well I guess that the thing about sort of um getting into meditation and having sort of, you know, liberated my mind from being too concerned with what is truth and what is real. You know, when you get into meditation and you and you really get into the zone, the clear space of good feeling, I, I find you can then elevate yourself 
and have some pretty out there experiences and and um i find these often have lessons in them and i don't get too i don't get too hung up on whether they're fantasy or whether they're reality they sort of just become part of my my sort of my reality and uh yeah and it doesn't always happen while i'm meditating for example I was recommended to go and have a meditation, no, sorry, a massage with this guy, right? Uh-huh. So I went to his house and, uh, and uh, it turns out he was really quite, quite new age and, and stuff, but he was sort of playing it straight and, t- and he, was, he was testing me as he started massaging as to where my head was at and what I was cool to go with. And I was just, he obviously got the picture that I was pretty sort of open-minded. He started talking about aliens and all this stuff and I never really thought of myself as an alien kind of guy, you know, I'm not really... I've never really identified with that. Um, you know, I'm not a UFO chaser. But as he was talking about it, I was in that zone that you get in when you're having a great meditation and and, uh, and massage. And as I was driving home, this sort of presence of this alien came to me and and um, and said to me, "You are afraid of your own power." Mm. As I was driving driving home, and I was just like, "Whoa, you know, okay." I've got to keep driving here. This is freaking me out. So, and then he sort of gave me this message: "Don't worry about it. We'll be in contact again, right?" And then that night, I'm lying in bed, and he sort of he comes to me, but there's kind of a few a few more behind him. And anyway, they said, "Go to sleep. We're going to work on this thing. There's fear in you. We're going to work on it." And he and I sort of imagined him, or maybe in reality, he did uh, put his hand down and start sort of tweaking the sort of around the heart sort of area, just sort of tweaking around there. And I mm-hmm. I went to sleep really nicely. The next morning I woke up feeling really good and really like, wow, I just feel a lot better. And, you know, that's it. I've never really hung out with aliens again or anything, and I don't tend to bring it up at barbecues. It's a bit weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's fascinating. I think think it's fascinating. Thank you for sharing. Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, whether, like I said, I don't care if it's from the imagination or if it's genuine reality. I just feel that I got something out of that, whether it's my higher self had something to say and and just you know knowing me and knowing that i like cartoons and sci-fi movies it just decided to talk to me in that form i'm not sure right well whatever works whatever (laughs) that's that's what i think yeah Uh, yeah. i'm a science fiction freak um i admit it this will probably be the first time that any of the anxiety slayer listeners know (laughs) that but i guess if they really thought about it i am uh the one who came up with anxiety slayer Ah, right, yes. If you look at the choice of text on the site, it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer font. (laughs) Uh, ah, I didn't make that connection. There's a little story behind Anxiety Slayer. We'll see see if Ananga keeps that in or not. (laughs) I think I I certainly burned up a few of those hours in the 90s uh, watching episodes of that. Oh, yeah. Fun stuff. I would like to know a little bit more about... um, how you've overcome feelings of anxiety that caught, were caused by your childhood experiences in the born again church. That was something that, that you had mentioned in an earlier conversation. And I think our listeners would benefit from hearing your story. Yeah. So, um, I was, uh, well, actually I'd, it was interesting because when I was sort of zero to about four or five years old. Um, everybody around me was a hippie. I lived in multiple different hippie share houses and, and um, uh, it was all free and, and fun. And, and then my parents, and, and I'm certainly not judging them for this at all, um, but they, they got into 
born again Christianity and that became our way of life through primary school and into the first couple of years of high school. And um, it was for my parents at the time. Um, it's not for them now. And, and uh, I never really, I never really felt very comfortable with it. It always sort of just as some sort of child's instinct that there was like, you know, some of this stuff is cool, but some of this stuff is not. And so I always felt sort of at odds with it. But when you're a kid, you very much, what your parents tell you is truth. When, like when you're five, your parents sure. tell you, tell you there's, there's a God and you better better do what he says, or not even your parents, but the pastors in the church and stuff like that. Sure. When they tell you there is, a, there is a God and you better do what he tells you or otherwise, you know, well, hey, not to put too fine a point on it, he's going to burn you in hell forever. Yeah, right, <laughs> so right. It's kind of, kind of freaky for a kid, really, right? And, um, of course, as I sort of became a teenager, I was like, you know what, I've had enough of this. I'm sleeping in on Sundays and and then increasingly I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm going to party on and I'm going to taste the good life, right? And, mm-hmm. and uh, I just sort of turned my back on spirituality whatsoever and just became, you know, hedonistic and... I was having fun. I was a young man. And uh, around about that time that I discussed where, where I sort of fell to earth again and, and sort of came down from the big party of being 20-ish, I sort of started to think about mortality and, and, and started to get into these new age and, and um, uh, you know, health ideas that helped me to deal with my anxiety and depression and stuff like that. But Later on, as I went deeper within, I really became aware that inside me there was still this conflict where the inner child inside me, the little boy in me, was still going, well, hey, you know, truth is truth, you know, and uh, like I'm just all signed up with, with Jesus and God over here and you're talking about Buddha and Taoist and, and all that stuff and I was told not to go there, so we got a conflict here, right? Um, and, and so eventually I thought, well, I need to kind of work through this because this internal conflict is affecting my well-being, you know. So it's pretty sort of deep level stuff. But um, eventually I kind of worked on it and, and I started thinking about, you know, well, well where are we? What, what is, who am I and where, where are we? This, this universe is massive. And even on this tiny wee little planet that we live on, uh, there have been all of these different cultures with their different gods and their different um, religions. Uh, they can't all be wrong and one be right. And, and, you know, when one of them only existed in this time and in this geolocation, you know, that just doesn't make sense to me at all. And I came to realise that really I truly didn't believe that, that you know, that the Amazonian people who existed 2,000 years before Christianity ever happened were doomed to burn in hell because they weren't Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and so I came to sort of get this sort of philosophy, which is certainly not unique to me, that that God comes, that spirituality comes um, to all of us through um, different stories and and different religions and manifests through different, um, you know, ideas, and they're all cool. You, You can choose your truth. Your truth is kind of relative. It's a bit hard to explain how, but eventually I came to this agreement with myself, well, hey, if it makes the little child feel better i'll pray to god before i go to sleep when i feel the need and uh you know i'll picture i'll picture jesus and and stuff like that when i'm meditating and and it it just seemed to resolve the issue it's hard to explain but just sort of found a way eventually to to um 
to bring the two together and underline it with a, a philosophy that meant that it was all kind of okay within myself. You know, the, the rational, liberal, open-minded adult was cool and the, the sort of, you know, the sort of five-year-old in me that just can't change what truth is has settled for this as being cool as well. Right, and, uh, right. And that sounds a bit trippy, but it really helped me to, to get over some, some, uh, some anxiety residue within me. And uh, I think that it's, it's not always just the physical act of meditation and exercise that helps, but also just working out what's going in, on inside your head, you know, like your psychologist would if you went to. Oh, yeah, I, I mm. agree. I agree. And mm. um, not for this interview, but for another conversation. Um, mm. Wow, we have more in common than I even knew. So I, I appreciate you sharing that story. I love that you've given away over 5,000 copies of your ebook, Psychedelic Meditation. Um, I'd love to know more about how you came up with that ebook and then what made you decide to give it away for free. All right, so I was um, doing a lot of meditating and finding that I really got you know a really good, clean kind of high out of it. I felt really good and 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 you know, and as you've witnessed from the kooky stuff I've said before, like trippy kind of stuff was happening to me when I was meditating. and even though I kind of, understood that this is not really the the uh, sort of end purpose of meditation and and to be certain they kind of warn you away from this sort of stuff in a lot of serious kind of meditation books um i just thought well this is a really great alternative to um you know ingesting or smoking substances that are plainly no good for you and have a lot of negative ramifications so I kind of wrote a book about it and put it out there, and uh, it's just been really popular. And I get a lot of people coming to me, um, you know, I mean, it gets downloaded 20, 30 times a week, and I get a lot of people writing me saying that this is great, it's just been really helpful for them. A lot of people saying that, you know, they can't do it, and I just I start talking with them about, you know, how they might get some better results, and because I certainly don't have any easy answers in there. It's about really sitting down and, and learning to meditate properly. And, and then I've had people come to me and, and say, well, you know, I came to it because I, I sort of wanted to get high. But now I've realized that there are these awesome benefits to meditation that are really helping me to grow and, and become a happier, more fulfilled person. So I guess it's kind of my way of kind of giving back to the Internet, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and our listeners can go to rebelzen.com and, and still get a copy of that, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. Go oh, for it. Awesome. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I know you've created a free gift for our listeners today, and I'd love for you to share a little bit about that. Um, I think you call it the anxiety meditation. Um, tell us yeah, a little bit right. about that before we wrap. So it's a, a, um, a short ebook that I've, I've written. Um, it was in my mind for a while to do it, and when you mentioned coming on to your show, I thought this is this is obviously you know a great catalyst to get it done. So I've sat down and, and I've um, started thinking about how um, have I used meditation specifically um, to help me to deal with anxiety when it's come up? Because it didn't just come up in my 20s because of too much partying and existential, you know, facing mortality stuff. It also came up again a couple of years after my first child was born. I had two winters in a row where for some reason during winter, I was just, I had this ridiculous anxiety where... I was lying in bed. I couldn't sleep. And I was lying in bed, and, and as the cars would drive down a road, not many because it's a, a country road, um, you know, a car would drive down the road slowly at one o'clock in the morning. I would think that they're coming for me. 
this is, this is ridiculous, right? I'd be lying there going, this is ridiculous. Like, you're a law-abiding dude. I don't really do anything that they're going to come for me. Uh, I'm lying and they're coming for me. And then I'd be, why, why are you thinking this? And then it would just drive me mad. And, and, and I had this urge to run away all the time. I want to run away. I want to run away. And I'd be like, why do I want to run away? My life is perfect. People would kill for my life. Um, but I would have this need to run away. So I started to use meditation again very deliberately to help me to get over this stuff. Also some lifestyle changes and whatnot. And then my partner, who also, um, you know, has the dubious uh, distinction of suffering from anxiety sometimes, also suffered from a lot of anxiety after the birth of our second child, mm-hmm. um, really quite heavily. And she'd never really done much meditation before, a lot of yoga, but not sort of specifically sitting meditation. And um, she was at a, at a wit's end with it. It was really terrible for her. And, and so we pulled out all of these books that I had and yeah, and started going through it, and, and she's really taken to it like a fish to water, and she says that it's definitely been the thing that's put the smile back on her dial. You know, so um, this is what I'm putting into the book. It's it's not necessarily stuff that you can't find elsewhere at a basic level, but it will have my sort of, you know, quirky twist to it, and I'm happy to give it away. Oh, happy to give great. it away for free. Oh, that's mm. great. Well, thank you. I look, I look forward to uh, reading it and... It's been such a pleasure to share some time with you today and learn more about your story and how you're circling back around with your music and with Rebel Zen and new product development and everything else. I'm just really, really happy to share time with you. And thanks so much for coming on Anxiety Slayer. Well, thank you very much for having me. In the spirit of the season, we are offering the Quick Anxiety Stopper and EFT for Anxiety Relief at 20% off to help you keep calm during the holiday season. Visit the Slayer store at anxietyslayer.com for details on this special offer. Offer available through December 24th, 2012.